Let's pray. Father, we pray today, God, that you would speak to us through your word. That God, in the midst of what we may be going through, some difficulties, some pain, that we would have a personal encounter with you. That God, your word would be the primary thing that drives us, that your spirit would convict us, that God, Jesus would be made much of, and Lord, we would understand how much love you have for us. So Father, today we pray that you would speak to us. It's in Jesus' name I pray, and all God's people said, amen. Amen. You can have a seat. Hey, turn in your Bibles to John chapter 1, the gospel of John chapter 1. As you do, I want to encourage you that uh, we started last week. Matter of fact, Pat, can you bring up the house lights just a little bit so everybody can, can see? We started last week, this is NT90. It's the New Testament in 90 days that we're asking you and asking you to commit to, to read through uh, the New Testament in a 90-day period. And I'm not gonna ask you to raise your hands, but I'm just hoping and praying that as we do this as a, as a church, as we do it as a church family, that you would just really begin to have some personal encounters with Jesus, that God would show himself to you, that you would begin to understand everything that God has for you as well as, as the goodness of God. And so today we're gonna jump into John chapter one. And here's the reason why I wanted to do this. John chapter one, I believe, is one of the most powerful, most theologically direct uh, sections of scripture for us to understand who Jesus is, what Jesus has done, uh, and, and really what he calls us to. So if you have your Bibles, John chapter one, follow along with me. And then we already read Colossians chapter one, which is a supporting verse of John one. Listen to what he says in John chapter one. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made, and without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. Think about this. In Jesus was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John, and he came as a witness, just as you and I are witnesses, and listen to what he says, to testify concerning that light so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming in to the world. In verse 10, it says this, he was in the world. This is again Jesus. And through, or and though the world, uh, or and though he made the world, uh, though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. Good night. I'm going to have to start bringing my reading glasses for this. It's getting worse. I'm getting older. No, I don't need yours. <laughs> Sorry. I try not to preach in them because then I can't see you. You guys are all blurry. <laughs> but I think I'm going to have to start having them. All right? Yeah, matter of fact, I think I got them. <laughs> Sorry. This is bad. <laughs> That's a sign of getting old. Right? <laughs> I never wanted to be that pastor who would have my glasses on when I read and then take them off. And it's obviously not that way. So listen to verse 10. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own. The very thing he spoke into creation, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. 
the word, that is Jesus, became flesh, and, it, and he made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So last week, we started this New Testament series, NT90, and we're reading through the New Testament over the next 90 days. And I hope and pray, again, what I just said, is that you will be changed. Listen, there's one thing to be changed by God's word as we come in on a Sunday morning and allow the preacher to preach the text. But I believe there is a whole nother thing that when we come in on Sunday morning, that we have more of a personal encounter because we've been in the word every day. And as I'm in the word every day, I allow the spirit to change me. I allow Jesus to work in my heart. I allow the father to call me to be obedient to his will and what he wants to do in my life. And so if you'll just kind of travel with me, I want to kind of in the words of Huey Lewis, back in time, we're going to go back in time and look at what happens or what happened with Jesus and how Jesus responded, how Jesus acted, and what ends up happening. I want you to understand this, that the Bible is made up of 66 different books written over a 1,500-year period by 40 different authors across three different continents, and yet there's a unifying proclamation that takes place in the gospel, in the Bible, that brings us to the point where we're at. It doesn't appear to be one story oftentimes in people's lives. They read the Bible and they're like, it's not one story, but it is. And if you look closely enough, you'll find this one cohesive story throughout. It's one story with unity and a compelling narrative that most people miss out on. And so here's my challenge to you over the next 90 days. The New Testament is just part of it. But over the next 90 days, if you will pour into God's word, if you allow God's word to pour into you, if you will spend time digging in into that, I'm literally, you're talking three chapters a day. We're talking a maximum of about, about 20 minutes. That over the next 90 days, God will not only grow your faith, God will call you out and, and, and raise you up to step into whatever he's called you to do. And listen, I believe wholeheartedly that Jesus said this, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. In order for the church to grow, in order for the church to succeed, we have to make Jesus the main thing. And so today's sermon title is this, the word became flesh. So we gave you this reading plan and then we gave you this thing called the here acrostic. And here stands for highlight, explain, apply, and respond. If you don't have any way of reading scripture, if you're like, man, I don't know what to do, here's a simple way that we give you in this thing. As a matter of fact, if you don't have one, you can pick one up at the back tables as you go out today. Highlight, to highlight the key statement or the key thought. As a matter of fact, if you have been under my preaching at all for the last seven or eight years, you would know that I always say this. If you remember anything, I want you to remember this, right? That's the highlight of the text that I'm gonna be preaching for the day. So what I'm doing and what we're doing is trying to get you to just say, what is the text teaching me? What is scripture teaching me? So highlight, then we're going to explain it. So today, as we jump into John chapter one, I'm going to highlight it. I'm going to explain it. Then we're going to ask you to apply it. Application is huge. Lots of people in the church are like, I don't know enough. Yes, you know enough. You just don't want to apply it. Application is everything, right? I may know two plus two equals four, but I apply two plus two equals four when I have $2 plus $2 and I spend the $4 that I give to whoever I do it. That's the application process. Likewise, I have to apply God's word. And then response 
is just how do I pray over what God is teaching me? So over the next 90 days, we're asking you to commit to, if you don't have a Bible reading plan, man, this is where you're gonna jump in. If you're not reading scripture at all, this is your chance to jump in and get on it. So here's the highlight. Here's the main point. If you remember anything, I want you to remember this. Jesus is the word who existed in relationship with God the Father and the Holy Spirit, and listen, and who brought life and light to redeem mankind. That's literally what we get from John chapter one. Jesus is the word who existed in relation with God, the Father and the Holy Spirit, and who brought light and life to redeem man from our sins. All right, here's what we're gonna do as we explain this. Number one, let's understand and let's dig into John chapter one. Number one, the word is God. Jesus is the word. Listen to what he says. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. It's important for us to understand this because as we jump in and read the New Testament, we have to begin to understand that everything revolves around Jesus Christ. Everything revolves around the word. And a lot of people go, well, Jesus didn't exist until he was born. Wrong. Jesus didn't exist in human flesh. Jesus always existed because he was the word of God. And so it's important for us to understand as we dig into the New Testament that as I dig into it, I am digging in to understand more about who Jesus is. Why does Jesus call us to live a certain way? Why did Jesus do what he do? Why did Jesus say, hey, listen, no matter how good you are, no matter the good works you are gonna attempt, it doesn't matter who you are, what you've done in the past, that I came to seek and save that which was lost and you can't earn it, you can't buy it, it's only a gift, and it's a gift that I give. And so we're gonna unpack a lot of this, but the word is God. Jesus is God. That's what we see in verses one and two. It says he was with God in the beginning. Listen, this is the most compact and honestly pulsating theological statement in all of scripture. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was, was God. He was with God in the beginning. Do you know what beginning means? Yeah, it's the very start. It's before anything ever existed. See, God existed in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit at the very beginning of time. And some people will go, well, who made God? No, God, nobody made God. God is God. That's what makes him God. And he exists in three forms. He exists as God the Father. He exists as God the Son. And he exists as God the Spirit. And everybody goes, well, that's crazy. Well, yes, it's crazy, but it's based upon the truth that we see. Look at Genesis chapter one. Genesis chapter one, starting in verse one. Here's what's crazy. Most people don't begin to understand or dig in or, or relate to, but listen to what he says. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the water. So, so far in Genesis chapter one, we see God the Father, existing at the beginning of time. Man operates in time, God operates outside of time. Man operates in space, God operates outside of space. We see God the Father, we see the Spirit, and it says the Spirit was hovering over what? Yeah, he was hovering over the darkness. And then listen to what it says, and God said, let there be what? Light. The first thing he speaks into existence is light, why? Because Jesus, the word, is light. 
in Revelation at the end, it says, after the new heavens and the new earth are established, that there will no longer be any sun or moon or stars. You wanna know why? Because Jesus is the light that lights everything. And because God is light and in him there's no darkness, there will no longer be any need for sun or moon or stars or anything like that. Everything that is spoken or created that was spoken into existence, the sun, the moon, the stars, and all of those things, including humanity, will bow at the feet of Jesus and worship the Father through Jesus because of everything that goes on. So the word was or is God, and Jesus is the word. See, in the beginning actually means at the head of time, that God operates outside of time. That time is nothing in God's economy. That's why you see in scripture, it says to the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. We can sit back and go, man, I've been alive 46 years. And I look back at time and I go, where did time go? And I was joking around on Wednesday night with one of the young kids I play softball with who's 22. And I said something to him. I said, well, that's what happens when you get 46. And he laughed. And I said, I'm halfway done, bro. I'm half-baked. And, and he laughed. <laughs> but I am. I mean, if the average man lives to be 77, I'm beyond my prime. And I'm a little over half done. Time for me is ticking away. But in Jesus' economy, in God's economy, time is brief or short. What may seem forever for us is not a long time for him. And so he operates outside this time aspect. And so listen, there is this special connection that we have to begin to understand that John is trying to unpack. That the word literally is the logos in Greek. That's the term logos. It's where we get this idea. But this whole thing that takes place is that John chooses this word to communicate this meaning about who Jesus is. He is the spoken word. He is the very word of God. Jesus, the son, the one who created all things, Colossians chapter one, Genesis chapter one, think about this. And God said, let there be light. And God said, do you hear what's happening that's going on there? God, the father is in a relationship with God, the son and God, the son, Jesus speaks everything into existence in obedience to what the father wanted things to look like. Now, if that doesn't blow your mind, this is what I, I think is crazy when people go, well, I just, I don't understand God. Great. Let's be realistic. If you understood God, you probably wouldn't understand a thing. There is a reason why God who creates us only gives us this limited knowledge and ability and understanding. But listen, he gives us everything we need to know him and to be obedient to him. The word was God and Jesus is the word. Number two, here's how we're gonna explain this. The word created all things. Listen to what it says. Through him, all things were made. Say all things. That's all things. That means everything. Through him, all things were made. And listen to what he says again. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. So everything you look at, listen, some of you are getting ready to go on vacation, whether it's a beach or a mountain, maybe it's just that you're going to see family. Everything you look at is something that God created or made or spoke into existence. That's what's crazy when people are like, well, you know, this kind of just randomly magically happened. I mean, let's, let's be realistic. What takes more faith? 
that something randomly happened either as a result of a big bang or evolution or the fact that God spoke things into existence. I mean, let's just kind of be rational people. I haven't ever had any of my parts, my lumber or anything in my garage, just all of a sudden run into each other and make a beautiful creation. Never seen it. Anybody ever seen that? Driving down the road, semi-rex is carrying all this lumber. All of a sudden there's a house in the interstate. What the heck happened? Well, there's a big bang, bro. The truck just disappeared and the lumber took form and a shape and whoa, big old mansion. No, everything was spoken into existence. Everything was created by Jesus. Matter of fact, this week, I probably should have shown the video um, I don't remember where I got it, but there was a video that was sent to me that what would happen if petroleum was completely taken away? Like, what would no longer exist if they took away petroleum? And just about everything is gone. Like, your clothes have petroleum in them. And so it's funny at the end, and this is part of the reason why I didn't show it, is at the end, the guy's standing out, and it's because his house falls apart, you know, he's sitting in his chair watching his TV, and he's basically standing there with a blur, and he's waving at his neighbor like, hi. <laughs> because petroleum doesn't, cars don't exist, half your house is gone. I mean, everything just falls apart. But I want you to understand this. It's just like that, that when we leave God out or we take God out of the equation, then life falls apart. But when I throw God into the equation, then everything begins to make sense. It's just that, listen, according to scripture, what we see here is this, that Jesus shows up on earth, the very thing he creates, he dwells among men, and it says that the darkness did not understand him. And so we begin to understand and unpack what goes on. The word created all things. Matter of fact, we just looked at Colossians chapter one, but I want you to read along with me if you want to flip over to Romans chapter one, starting in verse 18 to understand everything is going on. Romans chapter one, starting in verse 18, and this is what it says. It says, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and the wickedness of men who, listen, listen, listen to what happens, who suppress the truth by what? Wickedness. So there's this role that takes place where God is revealing himself through scripture, but God is also revealing himself through creation and God reveals himself through Jesus. And it says that these men or these people, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and the wickedness of men who suppress the truth because of the wickedness in their heart. Because listen to verse 19, since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, and his divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that men are without an excuse. Romans chapter one plays huge volumes for us to understand exactly what's taken place. The word came to reveal the truth of the Father. The word came to reveal the truth of God's nature and the work and the revelation that began in creation for creation reveals God himself. That's why in verse 14, it says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the father, 
full of grace and truth. So the word, listen, created all things. That means that Jesus created everything. And before you go into it, you gotta look back and go Genesis chapter one, the Father, the Spirit, the Son, through the word, Colossians chapter one, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. By him and through him, all things were made. So we begin to take the context. If you remember anything I I told you last week, one of the things that we have to begin to understand is we read scripture in context. If I take a scripture verse out of context, I can make the Bible say predominantly anything I want it to say. I can make it support my viewpoints that don't line up with scripture because I can take a scripture out of context and make it speak for itself. Instead, we operate in context. So number two, the word created all things. Number three, as we explain this and understand it, the word brings life and light. Listen, he talks about John the Baptist, right? And and then he uses John the Baptist and how John was a witness to the light that there came a man who was sent from God and his name was John. If you read John chapter three, if you read Matthew and stuff like that about the story of what takes place, we understand that John is basically the cousin of Jesus, but he was called to prepare the way for the Lord. And it says, he came as a witness to testify concerning the light. Here's the truth of that. As we grow in scripture, as we grow in an understanding and knowledge of who God is, and he reveals to us what he's calling us to be is witnesses to the light. That you and I are called to be witnesses of Jesus. He's the light, he's the word, he's the life. And in the midst of that, we can live examples of godliness and holiness that we fall under obedience to what scripture has called us to do. Life, listen, life is man's most important asset, right? I mean, if we were to look at it, we'd say, that's my most important asset is my life. As long as I'm alive, I'm breathing, I am important. I I I am an asset to God. But listen to me, we also have yet so little control. I mean, think about this. You have no control over your life. What's to stop you from going out in the street or walking out in the parking lot, getting in your car, going down the street and getting killed in a car accident? You have no control. Blow a tire, flips the car, walk into a store, somebody in a violent rage kills you. We don't know what a day holds. And while life is an important asset, we hold life very dearly and and understand that. We also have to understand that we wanna be a light. I say it this way, to lose a life is tragic, but to gain a life is magnificent. You can't control your life from death and you can't control the birth of somebody else, can you? And what I mean by that is this. There are lots of women who struggle to have a child, who deal with losing a child, And miscarriages, those who want a child and them can never have them. Do you see how valuable life is and how little control we have over it? And please hear me out. This is not an attack or a knock. It's just for us to understand that life is valuable, that life is important, and yet how little control we have over it. And listen to what he says again. He says, he came as a witness to testify concerning the light so that through him 
all men might believe. John was not the light. He only came to witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world, that Jesus is the light. Listen, listen to what happens in verse 10. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Listen, the word brings life and the word brings life. Man's physical and spiritual life come through the word. That means it comes through Jesus. So let me unpack this just a little bit different way. John chapter 11 is the story of Lazarus. And Jesus shows up and to Martha, as her brother Lazarus lays dead, Jesus says this, I am the resurrection and the life. To Thomas, who was later doubting Thomas, who was bewildered about the death and the afterlife, Jesus states this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. In John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus says this, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So Jesus is life and Jesus is light. First John chapter one, verse five, God is light in him, there's no darkness. So here's the truth. The word brings light and life to the darkness, but the darkness doesn't understand or see the truth. Just as the first creation began with let there be light, so the new creation begins with the entrance of light into the heart of the believer. So that's what John is unpacking here. It's this entrance of light, Jesus, into the heart of a believer. God speaks in Genesis chapter one and says, let there be light. And Jesus speaks and says, you are, have been walking in darkness. And as I enter into your life, you are now going to be light in the darkness. So he is life and he is light. The coming of Jesus Christ into the world was the dawning of a new day for each and every sinful man on the planet. So the word brings life and life. No, number four, those who believe in the word, believe in Jesus, are children of God. Look, at, look as you follow along with me in verse 12. He says this, yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So here's what happens. In order to become a child of God, I have to understand that in the beginning, God created man, right? And they were having a perfect relationship with God. But as a result of brokenness and sin, Adam and Eve turned and walked and did their own thing. And so there's this, there's this sin nature that takes place that says that we are all cursed with that sin nature. We all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And in the midst of that, over the next sections of scripture from Genesis chapter three all the way until Matthew or until the end of the gospels is mankind's attempt to try and reach God. And what we see in the gospels is God reaching down and becoming man, dying on the cross so that man can have a relationship with God for the payment of the price of the sins of the world, that Jesus dies on the cross paying for our sins. And so it's important for us to understand those who believe in the word are children of God. And listen to what he says again, to all who received him. The Bible is very clear that if I confess with my mouth Jesus is the Lord and believe that God raised him from the dead, I will be saved. That's a reception. God, would you come into my life? Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross. Jesus, I believe you rose again. 
Jesus, I acknowledge that, that I confess it with my mouth and I believe that in my heart. God says, you'll be saved. And he literally lays that out. To all who received him, to those he gave the right to become children of God. And here's what's crazy about it. Listen to what he says. Children not born of natural descent. In other words, it's not based upon where you were born, what nationality you were born into, whether you were poor or rich because you were born into a rich family or a poor family. None of that matters. Your natural descent doesn't matter. Your past doesn't matter. And it also says, not just born of natural descent, but it also says, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. Listen, I believe wholeheartedly this is the way that God works. That maybe you're a person who has showed up today and said, look, I'm I'm just looking for answers. I'm looking for direction. And God is working on your heart. And God is tugging at your soul. And you can act like the people that Romans talks about who suppress the truth because of the wickedness in their heart. Or you can allow God to do his work and to work in your heart and to say, God, whatever it is, Yes, I believe that Jesus died on the cross. Yes, I confess my sins. And I am asking you to come in and rule my world because I believe that Jesus also rose again. And so the word, those who believe in the word are children of God. And then number five, I want you to understand this, that the word is full of grace and truth, that Jesus exemplifies grace. He is grace. He gives grace. Matter of fact, the Bible is very clear. It says that the Lord is patient, not wanting any to perish, but all to believe. That he's patiently waiting. You know, when a believer says, oh, I don't understand why the world, why the Lord isn't coming back yet. The world is, is just falling apart. It's, 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 going to, it's going crazy and Jesus should be coming back at any moment. And all I can ever say is this, the Lord is what? patient. And I hope and pray that in your heart you understand and you would say, I want Jesus to be patient. Because the longer Jesus is patient, the more he gives people the chance to become children of God by receiving and believing. And that's the good news. We should be thankful that God doesn't come back and go, boom, I'm going to drop the hammer. We should be ready as a church to be light in darkness, to be those who speak life to those who are walking around in death, who are held down by the weights and the burdens and the chains of slavery and sin. And so here, again, I say this explanation, we're just unpacking this, and we're gonna unpack this continually over the next 90 days. As you're reading through, we're gonna preach from a section that you read through that week. But we highlighted the main point that Jesus is the word who existed in relationship with God the Father and the Holy Spirit and who brings life and light to redeem mankind. That's why we wanna challenge you to read through the New Testament. Because as you're growing, you are having a daily conversation and a relationship with the light and the life of the world that God calls you to do other things. And so listen, the word became flesh. He dwelt among us. When he stepped out, Jesus Christ became the visible expression of the invisible God. 
So many people always say, oh, I just wish I could see God. Well, we saw God through history that's been spoken down by man. We see the unity of scripture. Keep in mind what I just said, that the Bible is 66 individual books written by 40 different authors on three different continents across a 1,500-year period. If anybody's been witness to something, you've always had multiple witnesses, you will always realize that witnesses change stories. And yet scripture is a unified, cohesive narrative that proclaims the good news about Jesus, the word, the life and the light of mankind. And so here's the application. Here's the simple way for us to understand. If the word created all things, then he is God in human form, sent to redeem us from the darkness of sin, to bring light and life to all mankind. And life comes, listen, when I believe and receive the grace of Jesus. So the application is simply that. Do I believe it and have I received it? Do I believe it and have I received it? And maybe you would say, yes, I've believed and yes, I have received. And if that's the case, then the application may be this. How do I live as a light in darkness? God, call me out to live as light in darkness. Because I guarantee you the truth of the matter is this, that when we as children of God, we as believers, those who have put their faith and trust in Jesus live as light in a dark world, it says the darkness has not recognized it. But yet at the same time, here, Light always attracts those who are walking in darkness because that's what they're going to see things through. That's how they see. And so when a person is trapped in darkness, they're gonna walk toward the light. If you've ever been trapped in a dark area, you know what I'm talking about. That you make that attempt to go to the light. Why? Because the light reveals things. The light begins to shine truth into things that I may or may not see. Matter of fact, if you've ever been caught in darkness, it's been a couple times I have, both in the Navy or out hunting and things like that where it's pitch black, you'll know you begin to see things, don't you? Like, well, what was that? The heck's going on? And now your brain starts to play games with you. My life's falling apart. I'm about to die. There's some bad things that are about to happen. But when light shows up, I begin to see things how they really are. I begin to see the truth behind everything that's going on around me. I begin to understand God's greater purpose and God's greater picture for my life because I'm walking in light, not in darkness. But when I walk in darkness, I am overwhelmed by everything that goes on around me because I begin to only see things here and there and I'm not even seeing the true picture and I become overwhelmed. So here's how I want to wrap up, just in a simple response with every head bowed and every eye closed. We highlighted, we've explained, we have to apply God's word, but now we respond. And our response to God comes in how we live our lives, how we seek him daily. I believe the New Testament in 90 days is going to get us to seek God daily, to learn more about God's light and life that he brings the word, the world but I wanna do a simple prayer today and I want us to all pray this. You can pray where you're at. You can pray it silently. 
You can pray it out loud, but I'm just gonna pray this. Father, you are all-knowing and you are all-powerful and you operate in complete and unified relationship with the Son and the Spirit. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your grace. We thank you for that in the midst of your unification with the Son and the Spirit that you sent your Son, Jesus, to dwell among man, to be tempted and tried in every way, yet there was no sin found in him, to die a sinner's death on the cross and to bear the weight and the burden of my sins. But God, we thank you for the fact that he did not stay dead, that we know based upon scripture and the truth of that, that we see that he rose again, that eyewitnesses proclaim that testimony, that others died as a result of that, standing on the truth that his resurrection brought them life. And Lord, we acknowledge that it brings us life. Help us respond to the truth of your word. Spirit, would you correct us? Would you guide us? Would you train us? And maybe right now where you're at, Maybe the Spirit's working on your heart and he's calling you to do something. Maybe it's he's calling you to put your faith and trust in Jesus. To those who believe and receive, Jesus gave the right to become a child of God. Are you a child? Have you received him? Do you believe in him? And have you made it public? Spirit, would you correct us, convict us, guide us and guard us as we seek the truth in your word? It's in Jesus' name I pray. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna close with a song. If you wanna pray with somebody, if you'd like somebody to pray with you, I'm gonna be right up here. I'd love to pray with you. As we close with the song, as we're done, we're gonna wrap up. We'll have our offering plates at the back. If you don't have one of those reading plans, they're on these back tables before you go out the back two doors. But what is God calling you to do? What is he asking you to apply in your life? And maybe it's this, maybe it's the point of saying, hey, I wanna, I wanna come and become a, a part of this church. In order to join this church, we have everybody, we say, well, you gotta be a believer in Jesus, follow the Lord in baptism, and then you just say, hey, I wanna join, I wanna become a member of this church. We have a simple class you can go through, but make that public, come forward and say, hey, I, wanna, I wanna join, I wanna become a part of the church. Maybe it's I wanna become a believer, a follower of Jesus, and I wanna let everybody know it, and I wanna follow in baptism. Whatever it is the Lord's working on your heart, let him do that. We're going to close with a song, and you'll be dismissed.